listening to Our Stories, the Australian Army on Operations podcast. This is Task Group Taji 4, a combined force of Australian and New Zealand personnel who've joined the international effort against Daesh and their campaign of terrorism in Iraq and Syria. This week, we're finding out more about the training teams who'll be on the ground in Iraq, training the Iraqi security forces to complete their mission. And with me is Captain John Moulton, who's one of the training team leaders. As a training team leader, I'll be in charge of about five or six what we call senior non-commissioned officers, so people from the rank of sergeant and corporal. And what we'll be doing is we'll be delivering training to the Iraqi security forces. So we're very much focused on working out what training they want and what areas they want to improve on or in, and then delivering training to enable that. We've got a reasonable idea um, from Taji 3, so the task group that's currently in Iraq, uh, in terms of the training that the Iraqi security forces wish for us to deliver to them. Uh, so what we're doing is we're preparing ourselves to deliver instruction in those key areas which include first aid, explosive hazardous awareness training, urban training and marksmanship training. When I mean urban training, that's sort of urban clearance or clearance through built-up areas. And by marksmanship training, I'm talking about uh, their shooting on the range and shooting with not just the standard weapon system but other weapon systems as well. So training them across a series of different weapon systems to be able to understand and employ that weapon system and to be accurate with it. And indeed, as we can hear behind us here, there's lots of activity going on today down on the range. So how is the training going? Yeah, the training's been fantastic. Uh, so everyone's come together over the past four weeks. We've got people that have come from, from Adelaide and Brisbane and Townsville, but predominantly people who are based up here in Darwin. Uh, so we've all come together uh, and now we're, we're task organising or getting together in our teams and starting to build as teams. And the best way to build the team is to train as part of that team. So uh, we've spent a lot of time on the, on the range this week, uh, shooting uh, in terms of uh, our... Uh, rifle, so uh, the F-88, and then also in terms of the 9mm self-loading pistol as well. How do you then understand the mission that you're being sent out to Iraq to perform? My understanding of the mission is, in my mind, it's quite simple. We're there to enable the Iraqi security forces to to deal with Daesh. Um, so what that means is that we need to deliver them the training that they need uh, so that they can deal with that threat, so prepare them more completely, uh, improve them where we can, but most importantly listen to them and, and what they feel they need to be better at and helping them to do that so that they can then go and confront Daesh. And why did you put your hand up to go out there and perform that role? Every Australian soldier loves the opportunity to deploy and go on operations and, and do their job. I think um, Task Group Taji is a, a fantastic opportunity to go overseas and for, for what is a very good cause and, and help to assist, yeah. And why do you think it's so important, this particular mission, in terms of supporting the Iraqi army in their fight against Daesh? I think it's really important we're training them, the Iraqi soldiers themselves, to take their country back. And I think that's really important so that they are the lead force. It's their security forces that are clearing Daesh uh, out of northern Iraq and Mosul at the moment. And, you know, the fact that they are the lead and that we are just supporting them and enabling their training is, is a good thing. 
In terms then of how you prepare your team to go out there and perform their role, what sorts of skills, apart from shooting, apart from medical training, what kinds of cross-cultural skills, perhaps, are also important? Yeah, I mean, that's perhaps the most interesting challenge about the deployment is that you're seeking to train them in the skill sets that they want to learn, but you're dealing with the, the cultural differences and obviously the language barrier. So to prepare us for that, the task groups organised some fantastic training in terms of language training, uh, cultural awareness training, and additionally, reading emotional behaviours as well so that we can understand what those triggers are and, and help to provide that training uh, despite the, the restrictions or the difficulties of different cultures and different languages. In terms then of your own preparation, what have you had to do personally to be ready to go and do your job? There's quite a specific uh, series of things that you, you need to step through before you, you deploy on operations and they involve medical checks, uh, cognitive state testing, some physical tests as well that we all go through and the main thing is making sure that you understand the situation in Iraq, understand what task group Taji is about and then working on that particular area which is the delivery of that instruction. So making sure that my training team is practised in delivering the lessons that we need to, that they understand the weapon systems that we're going to be delivering those lessons on or the first aid or the uh, explosive hazard awareness. With what you've seen of your team so far, do you think they're ready? Yeah, I'm very fortunate. I think across the whole task group, we're very fortunate. Every interaction I've had uh, with anyone across the task group has been really positive. Uh, everyone's motivated and professional and certainly competent. So in terms of my team, I'm, I'm very lucky. I've got a, a great uh, sergeant and some really good uh, corporals who are, who are motivated to deliver the best training that they can. And they're showing all that uh, initiative and teamwork that you'd expect from Australian soldiers. And tell us a bit more about yourself. I mean, what kind of commitment personally have you had to make in order to be part of the task group? I'm very fortunate uh, in the sense that I'm not married yet and I don't have any children. So for me, the getting ready to go, there's not as many sort of things to consider or, or, or to be aware of. But uh, for the members uh, who are deploying who do have uh, family and children, uh, they've been really well enabled by the task group in terms of presentations by the Defence Community Organisation and lectures on how you prepare your family and make sure all your personal administration, as we call it, is, is squared away. Additionally, I think what's good is that the task group headquarters will ensure that we do have good communications back home. So people who are deployed will be able to communicate with their loved ones via email, uh, Skype and those sorts of means and, and mail as well, the old handwritten letters if, if they wish. So in, in terms of the, the time apart, that does sort of shrink the distance a little bit. Yeah. So you're looking forward to it? Can't wait. It should be really good. Captain John Moulton, thank you very much. Now, to find out more about training that's underway here, I've come to meet Corporal Josh Cooper. He's a combat medic, and as you can hear, things have stepped up a gear as the task group puts its casualty retrieval and treatment skills to the test in a scenario where the training teams have come under fire. So, Corporal Cooper, tell us what's going on here. Well, we're conducting care of the battle casualty at the moment, which is a simulation where you have a situation where a soldier is injured, the situation where you go forward, retrieve that casualty and take him back to safety and provide the initial first aid. They're trying to learn and demonstrate that they can effectively retrieve an injured soldier while remaining safe themselves 
And then once you've done that and, you, and the area is safe and you provide the initial first aid, you move on to a second phase called tactical field care. And that's where you provide any further interventions that you need to do and you also start thinking about getting that member out to a hospital. And then the third stage is uh, tactical evacuation. So from your perspective as a medic, what's your role in a classic retrieval scenario? What's going through your mind as you're undertaking this kind of training? Uh, the main thing personally for myself, just the thought that it probably will be one of your mates that you've done all your training with. When it happens in real life, it will be one of your mates. So the thought of that keeps you on task and the role playing itself is so well done that they have mock injuries. So just looking at the person, you can see what's going on and you're able to do the accurate assessments and treatments. So from your perspective, in terms of what you're looking for when you look around your training team as the medic, what are you looking for from your teammates in a scenario like we're seeing here today? You're looking for muscle memory. So we've practiced again and again and again and, and you've drilled down so that they're not necessarily thinking, they're automatically doing what they've been trained to do so well. That and also helping develop a bit of a clinical sense as well. So if, if someone's received an injury from a gunshot wound, you're not just seeing a hole, you're thinking what's internally inside that person. And if we can get them to that stage of training and thinking, then that, that's exactly what we need them to be. For people outside of Army, they might think that it's quite confronting having to deal with what you're having to deal with here. So how do you overcome that? How do you overcome that kind of natural human instinct of being overwhelmed by perhaps what you might be seeing? It definitely is overwhelming and the more exposure to it, the better you are at handling it. Through all the training, every training scenario you debrief at the end of it, talk about the scenario, where you went wrong, where you can fix it, how the training can be conducted better. Also, we always talk about these type of situations as the worst case scenario, but we practice them so much and we talk about it so much that I think when it does happen, everyone gets in, does the job that's needed to be done, regardless of what that is. And for you as one of the medics who's part of the task group, what have you had to do to get here? What kind of training have you undertaken over the past years? I initially joined up as an infantryman in 2005, where I deployed to Timor and I was injured in Timor and went through the rehabilitation process and medical side of things. And I became very interested in that. So I decided to transfer across and become a medic, which involves an 18-month course, and that's a lot of placements, nursing and paramedic. Once we're finished there, we post to our first unit, continue placement, continue clinical training with the doctors and the nurses. In terms then of the challenges that you sometimes face as a medic, how do you handle those? You have to be quite strong-willed and confident in your knowledge and abilities as Sometimes if you're presented with a patient that something's going drastically wrong and you need to figure out what's going on and you could be out of service, out of radio range, so you have to be confident in everything that they've taught you and learnt so you can make those decisions and, and the right decisions for the patient. Now we've still got a few weeks of training still to go before we get to Iraq. What are you expecting when you get out there? How are you going to put these skills into practice? The main focus of the task group is to train the Iraq army in terms of basic soldiering skills and medical interventions that they can provide. I'm a part of one of the training teams, so I'll be able to provide all medical knowledge to the training team itself as well as the Iraqi trainees. In terms then of getting those skills 
the cross to the Iraqi army, how important is it that they do have medical training? I think it's extremely important that they have medical training, especially the combat medical training which we'll be able to provide them, which really is very basic things which will be able to prevent unnecessarily injuries and, and death. So from your personal point of view, are you ready? Are you ready for this deployment to Iraq? Yes, I, I feel I'm ready to go through the, the continual years of training that we've received and put into practice. Also with, with that, it's a very, very good opportunity for myself and everyone deploying. Um, I'm honoured to be deployed, especially as a medic, and being in a unique position to be able to pass on any of that medical advice and things that I've experienced and learnt over the years. They need as much help as they can get. They need people to care, and we're in a unique position to be able to provide that to them. Corporal Josh Cooper, thank you very much. This is Captain Sharon Maskeldare reporting from Task Group Taji. This podcast is produced by the Australian Army and is copyright the Commonwealth of Australia.